Welcome to AntiochSpeaks.com. We are maturing leaders with sound doctrine and Christ in us. We would like to present to you, I Said What I Said, Season 2. This season we will have guests, a lot of perspective, different views on how to walk the Christian life out. Based in scripture, sit back and enjoy this real life commentary. Well, good evening. I'm very, very excited to present to you Antioch Speaks. Season 2, we present, I said what I said. For all of you loyal listeners, all seven of you. All seven of you. <laughs> we have new equipment. Um, we have new ways of getting out to people. We're really excited. Uh, one of the things that I'm definitely looking for, uh, looking forward to, to be a part of, is more consistent content coming out. A YouTube channel. Um, I had, you can't see me right now because I have a great radio uh, face, but I'm all, you know, my hair is done. I'm all dressed up and ready for video, but I could not, um, I had a fantasy football draft, which by the way is not gambling for all of you religious folk out there who's going to be upset if I do anything wrong. It's not gambling. Meanwhile, Um, I've got a Black Dog Salvage hoodie on from Roanoke, Virginia. And my hair is not brushed. So he was clearly not ready for video. I mean, not Um, that you guys could smell me, but I don't even smell good. Brandy has joined us, and she is uh, looking like a real housewife of (laughs) Canada. She looks like she married into an Italian family who doesn't know how to handle her yet. Oh, my god! Got these big gold hoops in. She's, it looks like she's wearing a bump it, bump it? with her What's hair it? teased up a little bit. A little bump it. What's a, a little bump, bump it? it. Y'all remember the bump it? The bump the, it. As seen on TV. That's not the, what I was going for. You lay it on your head and you pull your hair over. It was. That's beside the point. Anyways. <laughs> I don't, I don't it doesn't matter what it was, but that's not what I was going for. I do remember the bump it, though. So. Um, I've got to say this now that we're asking. I am probably the oldest person at this table. Our hairstyles in the early 90s was, I mean, immaculate. Oh my goodness. Have you seen these the teased the women had teased bangs and oh, everything? Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Well they had the they had the hair that went under and then that one bang that went over all that. Kinda like Donald Trump hairstyle just a little bit. Donald like, Trump. May I speak to the manager and make the store great again kind of deal? Yeah, exactly. And the spike in the back? Exactly. That's I exactly. know people who still spike in the back, so I can't say that too loud. Um, on this season. We are going to uh, get together. I'm going to have guests. I'm going to get you know some, a lot of different guests with different personalities, different perspectives on the gospel. Right. Maybe no perspective on the gospel at all, but their own uh, perspectives, and um, and just have conversations and 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 see where it goes. A lot of prayer. Um, one thing we talked about Monday was the Lord's prayer. Yeah, uh, which was taught to me early during recovery. I uh, I got and uh, started to break it down, but uh, this was something you were looking at. You, I think you you pointed out seven principles in the Lord's Prayer. Um, you know, reading the Bible as if it was you know eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, um, getting together in fellowship, and, and just doing ministry type of things as if it was like going to the gym and taking care of your body. Um, so yeah, I just. Really excited, really excited. 
about some of these things. Me too. Um, so you don't, you really don't want any dead time at all. So um, I, I can keep filling it up, or if you ever want to just jump hey, in there, I, you can you jump in. <laughs> I was waiting on the cue, man. I didn't feel the cue. I thought you were just gathering your thoughts. I, I remember one of the uh, feedback I got back from our first couple of episodes was, it just stopped. Nothing happened. Nothing. You were going, and I was enjoying it, and it was 15, 20 minutes. And I, I know you remember this when, when I started, and I said, I'm going to make 15 minutes. You were like, you, you're going to need a lot longer than 15 minutes. Yeah. So I was like, I just want to do it. But, yeah, those are my two criticisms. It's only like 15 or 20 minutes right when I start getting into it. You don't say goodbye. You don't cut <laughs> off. It just stops. It just stops. And so I think if we have any regular listeners, if we do Dead Space, they think we just stopped. Pretty much. I mean, so today, in a segue that's not a good segue, um, <laughs> you and I were, were discussing topics, and one that came on strong was Jesus rebuking pharisaical people and religious people and, and people of the law. Yeah, I, one of them that I always remembered, and, I, and I'll never forget it because it really impacted me deeply, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a backstory first. When I was growing up, um, I was taught the gospel as uh, the ruler. The, 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 and when I say ruler, I don't mean like a leader. I mean like a ruler, like a, like a, a two, you know, like a three foot, a meter long ruler. Yeah, they used to keep in the, a, a yeah. yardstick that they used to hit you yes. when you did something wrong. The gospel, when I was growing up, was not uh, freedom or... Uh, it was heavy, man. The gospel was heavy. If you did something wrong, my family members, I'm not calling any of them specifically out, but they pulled the gospel out to condemn you, I guess, right. or, or punish you, scare you. Uh, and the ultimate goal, right, every time. So if my brother and I are in a fight and someone comes in and asks me what's happened and I lie and my brother lies, they threaten us with hell. God so sees you, weaponized. you lie, you're going to hell. Right. So that's interesting. That's that's really similar to the way I was raised. And it didn't create an environment where I felt like I could go to my parents if I messed up or, you know, anything. And I don't think they did it out of any harm. That's just what they did. And I think that unintentionally altered my idea of me going to the Father in the heavenly places. Is I was so fear strucken of oh my god I messed up now there's going to be punishment now there's going to be you know whatever Doom. and I had to undo that and let the Holy Spirit literally like Plato work that right. out of me um, and, and then I realized yeah that there is wrath but there's so much more you know there there is forgiveness there is second and third and fourth chances because we're his children you know, me being a mom, I don't just give up on my kid because they messed up one time. Right. And so there is. Be that, because that you have to undo thinking because there, there is a lot of twisted stri scripture out there. Yeah. I, it may be because of male logic, right? But when I was young and someone hit me with, God sees you. If you lie, God yeah. is going to deal with you. And then I lie and I get away clean. Mm. And it, it makes you question if God is there. It's like is the God Santa Claus just? effect. Eventually you realize that 
the the lack of gifts isn't because you're bad. The lack of gifts is because your parents either chose not to one, or the most common is because they couldn't afford these things. And how how as a thirteen year old, how do you say? All year this year, from birthday to birthday, holiday to holiday, I remember my aunt's birthday. I made it to the grandma's picnic. Mm-hmm. I did everything I was supposed to, but you were unable to present me with my Nintendo. Yes. Where was God? Right. The God who saw me tell the truth every time. Yeah. The God that, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in case anybody's wondering, obviously we know Brent. I'm Christian. The sweet voice you heard earlier was my wife, Brandy, and... Voice you'll hear momentarily is Jordan. I gotta tell you, I gotta stand in. Jordan does all of the work on the technical back of the house stuff. So if you don't get a lot of input from her, it's because she's very, very busy making this happen. Thank you, Jordan. She's listening with headphones. She should insert some clapping right now in the background when we edit it. It's gonna, it's gonna sound good. Now, to your point, Brandy, that you made, which I found. Because you you jump, you jump from the doom and gloom to the glory, but the glory took a a long time for me. I don't know if the day of that you were taught, if you lie, God's going to punish you on that same day you realize that God loves you or it took time. But I remember one of the first things that I remembered about um, being told that if I lie, that the Lord was going to punish me by not giving me my... Nintendo yeah, yeah. or or whatever the thing is I wanted. So on the flip side then, I'm looking for everyone who has told me that to lie. Yeah. The minute I saw my mother lie, mm-hmm. shortly, it, that happened quick. Mm-hmm. I was told if you lie about your brother, then I told a lie and got away clean. I was clean off. I, I told a lie at school, got away with it. Then not even a week later, saw my mom tell a bold-faced lie to a woman in the grocery store. And then thought, Where, where's that punishment? Like, where, yeah, what yeah. happens now? Yeah, well, Bob, and I, I think it comes back to the accountability that we have. And, like, we are the authoritative image. And we can distort that in children's minds and their eyes. You know, if I can't have expectations on my children that I'm not willing to uphold myself. And, oh, and that's know. so good because my mom would tell me and my brother. Now think about this. My mom was single. My father was in prison. My mom was broke. It's the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s. It's Women didn't time. make a lot of money. It didn't right. matter anyway. And she would say to us, if you don't behave, you can't come with me tonight to Cheryl's house. Yeah. I, If you're going to Cheryl's, Mom, me and my brother are coming. No matter There's what. There's no way she could have ever enforced that punishment. It's just us, Mom. You're not gonna leave us at home. But it, it's a fear tactic, which no way, right? You know, I don't, I don't think you can use fear to teach people. I don't think you can use fear to correct behavior. No. Even as adults, you're, you're gonna get, I'm gonna do it anyway, or you know, screw there's you, an you're awful. Or yeah, there's a retaliation, and that again, I think alters the idea of what the heavenly father is. And then you have all these hurt, bitter people walking around from what happened in their childhood, because you, they saw parents and things lie around them, and just do all these things that they were told not to do. And they're like, well, what's truth? There's the one thing that went through my head early on in Bible. Okay, so as a kid, I knew Bible, right? I knew mm-hmm. Moses freed the Jews. Mm-hmm. Set Pharaoh let my people go. I knew that story. Um, 
in that story I knew that manna came down from heaven. In that story I knew the Red Sea was parted. In that story I knew water came from a rock. And in that story I knew about the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. I also knew about Jonah and a whale. But I didn't know any of the details of why Jonah was in a whale or what happened because when he of got his out disobedience. Of I just knew Jonah stayed in a whale. Yeah, I didn't know why, you know? Yeah. Um, I knew Jesus was born of a virgin on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Right? And I knew that. On Christmas Day, 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And I knew that 33 years later, he hung on a cross and died. And I knew he came back. But I didn't know anything about Peter. I knew zero things in my teens about Peter. Um, I knew zero things about government when mm-hmm. I was 13. I'll tell you, one of the first political things that I did, I took a flag. Bill Clinton was the president, and he sent Jesse Jackson to negotiate terrorism mm-hmm. uh, over to the Middle East because uh, Osama bin Laden tried to bomb the towers when Clinton was the president, when I was 16 years old, 15. I, I, I was a teenager. Yeah. So I hung a flag, an American flag, upside down in my bedroom because we were in distress. Mm-hmm. And I was politically enraged, um, but I didn't know anything about pol- politics or government or police or employment. Right. Employment, being an adult as a child, and I think we may not be able to get a kid to understand all of that by teaching, but it is important if you're looking at a child and telling them that God will send you to hell to understand they haven't even lived yet. Right. They have not got a W two paycheck that they thought was going to be 200 bucks but it's really 78 bucks it it hasn't happened to them yet to understand anything that's going on so in my later years when I decided to read the bible because you know God brought me to a place where I must read the bible I always felt like God was there and he was real and I felt like the Lord spoke to me but I started to read the bible and one of the first stories that really sat out to me because when you used to say Pharisee and Sadducee I thought of government. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. I'm. That's why I'm pulling it in. Okay. Later, I realized it wasn't even just. It was also church. Just regular. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, obviously there wasn't a Christian church, but it was temple. It was. It was Judaism. It was the. These. This was the religion. These people took what Moses said God told him and made it their rules, and you lived by that rule, financially. They would stone your daughter if, she, if they thought she was out sleeping around. Mm-hmm. They didn't need proof. Just, just a couple guys saying it. It was harsh. It was Yeah, a couple guys from the church said so. Could you imagine today if a couple people from the church said so and that made you guilty? <laughs> I mean, it's one, of the, it's one of the biggest gossip circles on the planet. People, mm-hmm. I'm going to say as an adult, and I, I'm going to go out. The name of the show is I Said What I Said, so I'm going to go ahead and say this. People treat church like they're in high school. Yeah. And it's government forced for us to attend. Insanity. You were bullied because you had to go to public school. Mm-hmm. When you face a bully at church, go to a different church. Sit in a different pew. Yeah. I don't know, but it's not public school. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a different, but they're doing it. Adults are bullying each other in church, yeah. pretending to be better than other Christians. There are Christians who pretend like they don't lie when they do. Christians who pretend like they tithe correctly Mm -hmm. when they don't. Christians who pretend all kinds of different stuff. And So this story, I'm going to read it real quick, unless you have anything to add. Go ahead. You guys have anything to add? 
So this, to me, I'm calling this the first time that Jesus was controversial for my life. I'm not saying that this is the first time in scripture that Jesus was controversial. I'm saying for me, all right, in my walk with Christ. When it came real, right. This is in Matthew 16, verse 5. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. For me, because I associated them with government, Mm -hmm. and from this point, Bill Clinton had said, I did not have relationships with a woman that he did have relationships with. So the yeast to me, when I read this, was clear. The lying and the hiding and the sneaking and the backing each other up. One thing I remember about that president is when he was lying, his party was backing him up. Right. But also when he was lying, the party against him was exaggerating things. So that's what I, Pharisees and Sadducees to me were a bunch of liars and exaggerators, right? That's how I saw it, okay? And he told them, be careful of them. In verse 7, they discussed this among themselves and said, it, it is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking amongst yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? From my mind, I'll never, I'll never forget how Mary reacted to uh, Jesus after she carried him in her room. All throughout his whole life, she's worried he's going to die. She carried him in, her, mm-hmm. in his womb. How is it you don't understand that I am not talking to you about bread, but be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that he was telling, not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. If you and I belonged to a church of 1,000 members, okay. okay, and we were in this church, and we were sitting in a pew, and we were worshiping God, right. And we were ex- uh, exuberant because we are Christian. Yeah. I, 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 I've looked around before and I've been quiet because I didn't feel well and you were only one worshiping. And, I, and I've been in places when you came and then left. We are quite exuberant in worship. You know we are there. One time we were at a church where your singing caused the whole congregation to sing a song that the worship leader didn't know the words to. That means we're exuberant. So let's say we're in a church that's a thousand people and we're being exuberant. And a woman comes over and says, this leads people away from the gospel. Ooh. Oh, wow. What would you say? What would you do? That's a good question. What do you think Jesus would say in a situation where someone came up and used religion to rebuke us? Right. Wow. Um, Christian, you look you look like you've got something on your mind. Luna. That's... It's, it's a start. It's a start moment for me because worship is, is, is a part of my DNA. It's a part of my identity. It's a part of who I am, and to keep it short and sweet, we would have a, a problem, and it wouldn't be like the knockdown, drag out, get out of my face, but it would. To me, I would I would do one of two things. I would ignore it because. I'm not here for you. If I was worshiping her, 
it would be a different story. But I'm not worshiping her. So um, one of one of the coolest people I know, Francis Chan, when, when people in the church would say, "Oh, we hated that song," you know, or "We want you to do this song or that song," or "We didn't particularly care for how worship went today," he would say these words. He would say, "Well, it's a good thing we're not worshiping you." Amen. So I think keeping in mind that I'm there for the presence of God, that I'm there for um, the glory of God, and that's it. The Bible says He inhabits the pra- my praise, the praises of His people. So that would that could definitely throw a monkey wrench in somebody's worship if they're not careful. They, I mean, it could throw them off the rails. So I have a question for you. Say something like that happens, which is likely when you spend a lot of time in church. I mean, it has things Have you like been that. to a dead church? Yes. That's because that's happening. Dead churches are like that because someone there is rebuking it. So yeah. when, it's happened to me when that yeah. happens, do you feel like that's your responsibility to say, hey, well, you know, Scripture says this. You know, do you think that's an opportunity to bring truth? Or is that you just take your hands off of it and completely ignore it? That, that could be a missed opportunity to bring truth into them. Okay, so and this is going to open up our segment called Let's Discuss It. Let's Discuss It. And she's asking a, a very good question. Right. So Let, your answer is yes and mine's no. Tell me is, why. Is, it, is that right? Is that, would I, you say I, it's I'm correct? The, Her question was very know. clear. Yeah. A woman comes up to me and I'm losing my mind. Mm-hmm. Losing my mind. Now, I do believe I need to keep my clothes on, okay? I don't yeah. need to go David's you know, route on a Sunday morning, okay? The clothes need to stay on. Right. Um, but I'm losing my mind. And I don't think that I need to try to run on the stage or, or you know, there's, there's, a, there's a limit. I need to participate with what's going on. Mm-hmm. I need to use social awareness and understand what's happening. But I'm losing right. my mind. I'm worshiping right. the Lord. I'm singing, and I don't sing well, but I will sing loud. And she yeah, comes over yeah. and says, hey, you are discouraging the believers. I believe it is my responsibility to look this woman in the eye with all the boldness in my heart and say, could you imagine if you were out and you had these, you rip off a leaf off a tree as your Messiah is coming in on a donkey and you're screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna. Jesus did not rebuke them, ma'am. Why are you rebuking me? That is how the Father did it in the flesh when he was with his disciples. When someone came to them and said, don't do this, he looked at them in their eyes and said, isn't this how it was done? He doesn't you know, freak out. But I'm telling you, I've been to a church where somebody was telling these people not to do it. I, I know that was happening. And that person, I believe Brandy, should have been rebuked. So in, in love, my mind. the way we want to do it here at this table, but, you know, no division here. We're not trying to break the church up because right. a young lady thinks that you're exuberant. But I think it is your responsibility to say, ma'am, Jesus never rebuked worship. Right. So where I stand on worship is we all know Lucifer was the worship angel. He was kicked out of heaven, obviously. There is no worship angel. We are here to worship God. That is actually our commandment. We are to worship the Lord. So I think it is something that needs to be addressed very carefully and lovingly of, hey, why do you have a problem with something that we are created to do? So if I address it, it's not going to be addressed uh, with care or love. It's going to be direct 
But you can do both. Why can't you do both? Because I, that's just not how I would handle it. Oh, okay. I might I be able, I might choose to do that, but I'm not. So me, when it happened to me, when I would leave worship in, a, in an extremely hardship at this church, and they would go, well, brother, you don't need to do all that for God. And I would go, mm. that's, that's okay. And then the next song, I would just keep doing it. And then at the very end, they would talk about how you don't need to do all these things. And, and we would have talks afterwards with the pastor. Um, but I think it all depends on place and time. And mm-hmm. if me, I, I can I can be moved to anger in, in the wrong setting. The Bible says be angry and sin not. And I have a habit that if you were to interrupt my worship, mm-hmm. I can get very yeah, undignified with you yeah. quickly. Yeah, I understand. So as far as I'm concerned, because Brandy asked me, um, biblically, I should stop and go, Sister, I don't think that's a good idea for you to rebuke worship. But what I want to say is, is you get away from me right now before I lose my mind on you and, mm-hmm. and we ruin the service here today. And I think that's my point, right? So, yes. This, this, this table talk, this situation, this I said what I said, this discussion segment is... Uh, I, I, I'm upsetting the... Tech. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I, I'm exuberant, okay? Don't rebuke me. No. Um, I, I, I would say that's the difference between Jesus and us. I agree. Right? Jesus mm-hmm. never got mm-hmm. that mad at anyone. When they came to get him, to, to take him to, uh, uh, to try him and, and put him on the cross, and uh, Peter cut that guard's ear, mm-hmm. Jesus wasn't mad enough to kill people. Yes, I understand what you're saying. You, you gave me a look because he got angry in the temple and he flipped tables. But yeah, I saw he, the look. <laughs> he always had the ability to wipe out humanity. Yeah. Okay, I, if I, you I, had that that ability, and I, I'll speak for myself. I won't talk about you, but I think we are on the same page. If I had the ability to wipe out humanity, we wouldn't be here, folks. 100%. I would have already used that, that Well, that I chip. think a key is <laughs> That card would have already been <laughs> Operate so much in the fruits and in in the fruits they talk about gentleness which is literally the opposite of anger so i think when we're approached with you know heinous things we're supposed to be very blunt but gentle at the same time because if we respond with anger it's just feeding whatever that spirit that they have on them is or what that hurt they have on them is or whatever and i'm going to tell you if the season is warfare yeah. If they, and, and, and my war face is in my worship. Right. She's living in her flesh when she comes to rebuke me. Right. And you have to distinguish, especially anger. Mm-hmm. People really, really want to get up in arms about anger. And how anger is, um, not to use your words, but like the opposite of this. No, I mean, you, you can. should it's never fine. be angry. The Bible says be angry. But just don't sin. Yeah. Ang- anger is a, is a natural emotion. I've been justifiably and righteously uh, you know anger with righteousness and and you watch people back down immediately and they apologize typically quickly when you have a righteous indignation um that or they run really hard yeah um but i don't i don't think there's enough righteous anger in the church and to move back to kind of like point 2.0 when people gossip about other people I believe that there needs to be a righteous indignation mm-hmm. that meets them at the front door and that says, if you, if you continue to talk about Brent, you and I are going to have a talk you won't soon forget. Mm-hmm. If you continue to slaughter the family of so-and-so, 
because their child is going through this and they don't handle it the way you think they should, you and I are going to have a talk you soon won't forget. Because that is that is dangerous, number one. It's awful, number two. You're gossiping, number three. And, and You know what's it, funny well, about the I, Ten Commandments? I, I, and, then, and then you go, okay? No, you go. I think I, the Ten Commandments are funny to me because that commandment that says, thou shalt not lie, that's not how it's worded. Mm-hmm. It says, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And that is gossip. That I mean, that is mm-hmm. what you're talking about. And it... it and again, I'm not trying to say that we live by the law or anything. I'm just saying healthy, healthy-wise, is if we only focus, again, I'm just going to reword what Jesus said about taking the plank, uh, the log out of your eye, but if you focus on your own self and just focus on your own self, it should keep you out of what other people and how they raise their kid and what they're doing and yeah, all this really stuff. Should. It should. You should. should stay in your own self. And to righteous indignation and, and being angry and out of righteousness, it does say that if you do things that is not in love, you're just making a bunch of noise. So if a woman were to rebuke me for rejoicing and I were to rebuke her out of anything but love, exactly. I would just be a loud, noisy person. Yeah. I, I have to look at her and say, ma'am, I think he'd like to see you dancing with me. Absolutely. And you were going to say something and I told um. you. No, you're fine. I was just going to say, I, I think that's how things should be handled because all across Scripture, you don't see Jesus back down. You don't see him cower. You don't see him hold his tongue. You don't see him sh- shy away from somebody's feelings. He approaches things with truth. He's very confrontational. Um, he, he was, still is, years and years and years later, the most talked about person that ever walked the earth. Well, and not only, but for Jesus to think something was for Jesus to say something. Yeah. He read people's. I mean, he heard people's thoughts and would address them out loud. He, he, he. You never really had to wonder what this Jew was thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah. He was very boisterous and, and you know he was forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people expect Christians to be very reserved and, and, and timid. And, yeah. And timid. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm kind of going. That is the going thing, right? I think in this generation of Christians right now, and I, I, I do believe there's a revival. Mm-hmm. I do believe there's a hunger for the Spirit of God, for something real right now. I do believe that's true. But right now you have a lot of teaching that Jesus, the peace of Jesus, there's no backbone. Come on. There's no stand-up. Mm. There's no pushback. You do whatever you want for the grace of Jesus covers you. You do what you want for Jesus' peace and love. And I, I just don't read that Jesus. I never mm-hmm. have. It may be my perspective as a 13-year-old boy who was dealt a hard deck and was told if you did right, you, would, you wouldn't have a hard deck. Um, that found that scripture that says the Lord reigns on the just and the unjust. It, 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 well, I found that scripture and I said, it literally has nothing to do with this. Zero to do with it. Your eternity has to do with your belief in the Lord Jesus as the Savior of man. If you don't believe that, you can be all the good person you want to be. Your eternity is doomed. If you do believe it and you're a heathen, Mm -hmm. you you know, I would, we always have these discussions, but I think if you really believe it in your heart, you're going to go to heaven because at some point you're going to repent. There's no way you live this whole life without repenting. But you can be a true believer who walks as best he can, repents, repents quick, and be broke. Mm-hmm. That is something that can happen. 
you can have disease in your family. Yeah, absolutely. That's another I mean, thing Jesus because... rebuked when people acted like a disease had something to do with sin. Yeah. I feel like I said something. Well, <laughs> I feel like I just said something. I, just now, like... I, I think just because you're a Christian, you know, it's not all fairy tales, rainbows, whatever. I, I think it's the opposite. I think you're going to have more persecution. You're going to have more things come against you because you, you're you running the race, as Paul said. You know, you, you are out there being a boisterous, backboned Christian. And, you know, people have misquoted scripture, taught the wrong things out of just lack of understanding, or maybe it was even purposeful. And For their own doctrine and agenda. Exactly. And then people get this false idea of what Jesus is, and then you've got mm-hmm. people who are just adamant about studying the word, and they live and breathe the Bible and God's, God's goodness and the Holy Spirit, and when they're out here doing... The, the biblical scripture thing, it, it freaks people out. There's a lack of education, but there's also a lack of receiving. Well, and, and on the lack of boldness, and, and when we talk about timidity, Second Timothy mm-hmm. chapter 1, verse 6 says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Mm-hmm. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That word fear literally means timidity. Mm-hmm. God didn't give us a spirit of timidity to, to back up. Exactly, so good. When we're, when we're approached with... I believe if you are taking the gospel as medicine after dinner every day, if you are in the, in the Lord, in his bosom, and you are serving his kingdom, I believe... You should make eye contact with everyone, and you should stand your ground if you believe it's scripturally sound. Yeah. Now, I do think there's a time and place for someone to pull you aside and mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, right. and, and maybe you should be open to it. But discernment is important. What's really cool to me about what you just said is Jesus was not afraid to do and say whatever he felt like doing mm-hmm. and saying whenever he felt like it. Why? Why was he not afraid? And I, I already, I know where I'm going, but I'm going to ask the question why. I want you to answer it why, and then I'm going to read some scripture. Do you, Go ahead. I believe it's because he knows his father's will. Yeah. And he is not going to spew something out of his face that is not his father's will. And that's all he was about. He was about his father. It's so good. But make a note. Knows his father's will. Jesus only did what he saw. The father laid a clear path for him. And when people would ask him, you know, why not here? Why don't you go there? I only do what I see the father do. I only go where I see the father go. I only say what the father says. He was very in tune, like Brandy's saying. He knew the will of God. He knew the perfect and acceptable will of the Lord. Absolutely. Do you think scripture can teach you and I and Brandy and Jordan and the people listening the perfect, good, and acceptable will of God? For in a our simple lives? way. Yes. Undoubtedly. Okay. I agree. So the Bible is written on a second grade level, meaning anybody reading or listening can understand and receive it. Okay, so I'm going to read Matthew chapter 10 real quick, okay? Absolutely. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, and to heal every disease and sickness. At a day and time, 
when impure uh, impure uh, um, spirits, disease, and sickness were all to the religious people mm -hmm. from you. You you did this to yourself, or your parents did it to you, or their parents did it to you by living poorly. You got impure spirits, you got sickness and, and disease. Right. So when he started to drive these things out, these religious people were angry. They didn't like it um, because it was, you know, it was really not a possible thing. Verse two: These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. So James and John are brothers. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out to, with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, clean, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, Freely you have received, freely give. Yes. And I believe that's still the time now. I think we're still in that season. I agree. The kingdom of the heaven has come near. Let's go out and drive these things out. Nine, do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey. No extra shirt or, or sandals or a staff. For the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town, village that you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is not deserving, let your peace rest on it. It is not. If it is not, let your peace return to you. I think if you made that statement to some religious people today, mm -hmm. they would call you divisive. Mm -hmm. If you said to them, if these people don't receive it, leave and take your peace with you, some people would go, oh, no, everyone. Everyone. Everyone, invited to the party everyone is Christian. Everyone's coming. That's how people act today. Man, at the party we're going to, there is reserved seating. I believe it. My name is on a plate. There so. will be weeping. Yeah. 16. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves at the same time. At the same time. I mean, that's big, Brandy. Like, shrewd as snakes. Well, and, and that to innocent me says... Brent knows what's going on, but chooses to shut his mouth. He understands what's happening around him, but he's not going, you know, uh, hear you, hear you. I'm not sabotaging people's lives. Yes. I'm not cussing them out. I'm not telling them. Right. But at the same time, I'm bold and confident in the word of God. I'm and not here to retaliate and drive you into... I want you to repent and fix it, and, and let's let's move forward. But, and you know what? If you do it again, that's fine. But let's just address the fact that this is what you're doing, and move forward. But think about doves. They're they're simple. They're they're fragile. Then you think about snakes. Snakes do nothing but crawl around, slither around, looking for food. That's it. They're looking to get through the next day or through the next meal. And as people of God, you know. Having the and snakes are smart. I mean, they blend in. They know where to, to go. They know their their own uh, the, the way they are, the way they're camouflaged. They know where they fit in, where they don't. 
But to be as harmless as a dove at the same time is flabbergasting to me. Verse 17, be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. That does not sound <laughs> like blessed and truly flavored. Flavored. Highly, highly, highly flavored. flavored. It, doesn't, it doesn't sound like it to me. Does it sound like it? No, definitely. Did that sound like blessed and highly flavored to you? I, that's not what I heard. I'm going to read it again. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. Verse 18. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and the Gentiles. 19. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how yeah, to say yeah. it. At that time, you will be given what to say. Verse 20, for it will not be you speaking, but mm -hmm. the spirit of your father speaking through you. 21, and this is so divisive and confrontational, and this is concerning to me because I have a brother, and I have a sister, mm -hmm. and I have a mother, and I have a father, and I have children, and they have sisters, and they have brothers, and they, I'm their father, and they have a mother. Brother, in verse 21, will betray brother to death. And a father, his child, children will, re, will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Mm -hmm. Jesus was prophesying. So there's yeah. two things there. It says when, meaning it's going to come, it's going to happen, don't be surprised. But it also tells me you better be in relationship with Jesus. You better know why you're there, why you're fighting for it, and why you're ready to lay your life down, or you're going to cower. And then you just, you were no better than Judas. You just turned your back on Jesus. You just turned your back on your best friend. You better know the why. You see in this generation today that if your brother disagrees with you on walking with the Lord, well, then you've got to change it. That's your brother. That's your family. That's right. your loyalty. There was a time where Jesus' mother told him to stop preaching the gospel because mm -hmm. they were going to kill him. And he said, woman, who is my brothers, my sister, and my mm -hmm. mother? I'm going to continue. 22. You will be hated by everyone because mm -hmm. of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Verse 23. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly I tell you, you will not finish going through towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. 24, the student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. 25, it is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of the household? Mm -hmm. it, this man was not going, hey, everybody, it's going to be fine. We're all right? going to coexist. Oh, you're all going to... He wasn't. Yeah. Mm -mm. He just called your brother possible Beelzebub, the head of the... He, he just... But Jesus 26. was truthful. He didn't sugarcoat it. He wanted us to know exactly what we were getting into. There was no sugarcoating. There was Jesus. none. And could this arguably, the entire chapter, be a pathway, a map, a guide to the will of God for your life? It is, yes. It, it's, yeah. I, I, I mean, come on. It's plain and simple, right? Okay. Exactly, plain and simple. 26. So do not be afraid of them. Jesus was not. In action, he was not. And then he told them, do not be afraid mm -hmm. of them. For there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. 27. What I tell you in the dark, speak it in the daylight. Mm -hmm. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim it on the roofs. 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, 
but not cannot kill your soul. Mm -hmm. Just be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That is why Jesus boldly said he was not afraid to right. die. And I say this, to be afraid, to be put to death, will lead to sin. Yeah, It I will agree. lead to certain sin. It is feeding your flesh. It is not living in the spirit. It is serving yourself. It is serving your own goals and your mm -hmm. own. You're not serving the kingdom if you're afraid to die. I really believe this. And being afraid to die makes you do crazy stuff for money. Being afraid to die makes you do crazy stuff for people you really don't like. You, you listen to them and you do all, you know. Being afraid to die, he, he It's I, crippling. I, it, would, it would make you turn in your brother, you know, and then. If you're miserable at your church, go to another church. Yeah. He just said it. He just said it. Does it mean that the church you're leaving is going to hell? No, but go to another church. Yeah. Well, I think there's different calls and purpose on people's life. And, you know, you, not all Christians are going to fit in, in one exact church. There's evangelists. There's, a, you know, there's all different Come on, kinds you of know ministries. It. I know you know it. Come on. And <laughs> I, not we're, we're everybody. Over, huh? There's, ep, there's apostles. There's Prophet. preachers, prophets, teachers. Teachers, evangelists. And evangelists. Um, yeah. Bam. Okay, go. Well. We had to hit it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's what I was saying. Is like I don't think everybody's called to a certain kind of church. There's different callings and purposes and everything inside of people. When you're born, you already have all of that inside of you. It's not a big secret. You just have to get to know the Father, and he'll reveal all of it to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't completely agree with that scripture so go to I, another church if you don't feel like the lord is, is if, feeding if you're not you emboldened already you should you should be emboldened already okay but if you're not emboldened already i'm gonna i'm gonna continue and then and we'll continue our discussion 29 are not two sparrows sold for one penny yet not one of them will fall to the ground yeah, outside yeah. of your father's care verse 30 and even the very hairs on your head are numbered mm -hmm. so don't be afraid you are worth more than many many sparrows I do think if someone comes up to you in church and tells you not to worship, don't be afraid to look at them and say, hey, when they were throwing leaves on Jesus screaming Hosanna. You know what gives you confidence to be able to boldly say something, though? It's knowing the scripture. <laughs> you can't boldly and confidently speak anything unless you've studied it and know it for yourself. And anybody in this room, as much as I love you guys and trust you guys, like I, I trust you with my kids, I trust y'all. Yeah. Even my husband, he tells me something, I'm going directly to the Word. I want to see it myself. I want to read it myself. I want to pray about it. I want the Holy Spirit to to give me my own personal revelation of that before I say, oh, yeah, I agree with you. Or, you know, I can't just go argue with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I met somebody and they're like, oh, Bananas are blue, and I've never seen a banana before, and I don't know what a banana is. How can I argue with you about the color of it, you know? Correct. I agree. And that's why I say when someone comes to me and says, hey, you know, Jesus loves, and Jesus never did this, and Jesus never did that, and Jesus, you, you can't be, you can't do that. You can't say that. Right. Um, number one, if I come to you and say something, I don't want us to not be friends anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I want you to shift a little bit. 
I don't think it's right to lie all of, to all of us. I don't think it's right to steal from people. I don't think it's right to take, constantly take and take and take and never repay and never give back. It doesn't mean I think you're going to hell. It doesn't mean I don't you think you belong in the church. I'm trying to suggest something to you, as I would hope you would do the same with me. Mm -hmm. um, my my last point on this, and then and then I, I don't know if you were if you wanted to keep talking about it. And I know you've heard this many times. Verse thirty four, Jesus says, "These are red letters. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to earth. I did not come to bring yeah. peace." but a sword. Yes. 35, for I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. 36, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. 37 is was like water mm -hmm. to my tongue. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. That means all the little stuff you're clinging on that is in this world are, is not real. Right. Cling to Jesus. All or nothing. All or nothing. And I'll be glad after this podcast to walk that part out. Because <laughs> there's a there, you can walk that out. Yeah. I believe I know the will of God for my life. You know crazy? I don't think I'm confused. Is everything in the Bible you are able to walk out because Jesus was our example and he Hallelujah. walked the path already for us to walk behind him. We just have to step in our father's footsteps. It's all possible to walk out. Hallelujah. It's not easy. And I got to tell you, if you don't like the way someone dresses or you don't like the way someone's got slang or they talk and I, I don't mean cussing I just mean they kind of talk slangy or, or they, they they sag their pants a little bit that is not rebuked in the Bible right you are acting like a Sadducee or a Pharisee when you separate yourself from a Christian because their hair is long and mm -hmm. you think it'd be sh it should be short oh and furthermore you're acting like a child <laughs> let's not forget that you, you're acting no, you're like right. a child because you don't enjoy someone's personality, therefore you throw the baby out with the bathwater. So not only is it is it immoral and wrong, the Bible says to to know good and not do it, that is sin. So knowing that I shouldn't treat you indifferently because of something you do or the way you dress or the way you act or, or the, your hairstyle or, or our, our comparison to each other is, is wrong. And the Bible calls it to me sin. Mm -hmm. Because I, I know better. And I, I, I would say on the flip side of this, if someone does come up to you and says, hey man, your pants are a little bit low and I don't like you wearing a hat on Sunday. Right. That's not reason for you to lose it yep. and become offended. Yep. The Bible says when they're at church with you, dress it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Are they going to hell for rebuking that? No. Are you going to hell because you wear a hat? No. But we can all get along if we understand what needs to be rebuked is anything outside of the spirit. Anything that is for selfish gain. Anything that is fleshly desire. Anything that is murderous of another Christian person. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what do you think about that, Christian? Where's the line? You know, so she comes to me and says, hey, don't, don't, 
worship like that. She was rebuking me. Where, where, did, where is it, you know, dissension, division, this stuff is crazy? Um, I, think, I think the modern day church is broken in a real kind of way, like a broken mm. toy, like a real broken toy. I don't believe it was the church Jesus died for. I don't believe it's the church he's coming back for. Mm. Oh, wow, that is. I don't believe that the church that we reside in now not, not the building or the like what you mean. Yeah, that's just the, the body. The modern day church, I don't believe Jesus is coming back for a weak need, limp church or, or a, yeah. a timid church. He's coming back for uh, the, the church that Jesus died to establish that in, holy cow. No, that's good. Keep going. Matthew 23, verse 15. Jesus talked about, he looked at a Pharisee and said, you cross land and sea to make one convert. You get them back and you make them twice a child as hell as, uh, yeah. as you are. Yeah. So I think the fine line is subjective. If you've got a, a whole congregation of Sally Sue's telling people how to worship, at some point somebody's going to have to look Sally Sue in the face and go, you're, you're a whitewashed beautiful tomb full of dead men's bones. You, there's no life in you. Yeah. Mm. Because only someone with no life in them would tell people not to worship yeah. or mm. to worship differently. And, and, and to know biblical worship is to make me angry. Because when people worshiped in the Bible, they spun around in circles violently, the Bible said. Not rebuke. And they had timbrels and harps and tambourines and, and loud things and cymbals. Yeah. And they spun around in circles as fast and as hard as they could. And God honored that. The, yeah. the king of Israel shed his clothes going down the street to the point to where his own wife was like, dude, get it together. And he said, but don't you understand that, that, that God is back with us? We brought the ark back. This is the greatest moment ever. We should be rejoicing so hard that we host the presence of God. Hallelujah. That my shirt is beginning to fall off. Yeah. And somebody's got to come and cover me <laughs> yeah. and put it back on. Hallelujah. So I had a question for you. You were talking about spinning and dancing, and yeah, that's exactly what heaven looks like. And in, in my mind, you know, little one-year-olds and two-year-olds and three-year-olds, they dance and they spin, and it's so joyful. Okay. And everybody loves it in the middle of stores, in the middle of your living room, in the middle of Thanksgiving. Nobody cares. When do day. you think is the day people will just decide it's not cute or good or, or okay for children to dance anymore and that you just stop one day and then you know that just is so weird to me like what what do you think that is do you think that's like an enemy thing that all of a sudden oh you're too old and mature to dance just like you were saying you know in people in their older I do, years I have an answer I do have you? an answer for your question I, I've never um, thought about that opinion. I'm not even sure I'm articulating that question no I understand but when question. is it not okay, okay for people to dance so when when I'm uh, when you see a person and this is my answer to your question when you see a person rebuking me or, or a Christian or a child for enjoying themselves okay yeah my thought is this this is my opinion I don't know okay they are not taking the word of God as medicine daily after every meal sure they are not using okay. their skills and their talents and their resources to serve the kingdom of god every day mm -hmm. if they were they would be entirely too busy to rebuke me for day i i truly because 
the reason I think that is, I really am trying to do the best I can to serve God, mm-hmm. and I'm really busy. Mm-hmm. I'm busy. And just when I think I'm not busy, last night, she knows, somebody reaches out to me. Yeah. If you're not serving the kingdom, you're not available when someone reaches out. You're annoyed when yeah. someone reaches out for help. And I, I say wow. this, if any Christian reaches out for help, the hand of God should be available through us. We are the body. And we are responsible for this. Availability is, is, a, is a key component of, of being in ministry. It's an unfortunate key component. It is... Um, if you're responsible, you'll be too busy to get on to other people about things. Well, I, I that, that's a good point. Well, that, even that not is. even not even busyness. It, it's. It, I think it's a level of maturity. Um, now that that also goes back to it. What does she do when you come back with? Well, you know the scripture says. Because people show their lack of maturity when they're confronted with something um, in that area based on their response. So we've got to learn how to roll with the punches in ministry yeah. when, when, when uh, Jeff or that's probably a bad name to use. Um, yeah, I mean, like Patrick, Patrick comes up to Brent and says, yo, Brent. I saw you dancing the way you were dancing. I don't think you should do that anymore. You need to be prepared that whatever you say is going to offend Patrick to the point where Patrick's never going to speak to you again. Yeah. That goes back to to, to hating your father, your mother, your brother, your your, mm. your, your, your it's the even your own life. So you're the hurting says, the wounds. Yay you even your own life. That means your habits. Um, that means that every Jeff comes to me and says, hey, brother. Your dancing is too crazy. And I look at Jeff and go, well, you know, they were throwing leaves and yelling Hosanna. It was crazy. And, and Jesus rode on his donkey. I mean, he rebuked Peter. Peter was like, no, you don't have to die. And he was like, get behind me, Satan. That was a heavy rebuke. But he didn't tell any of these people hanging in trees to stop praising like that. So I, 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 think you, I think you might be wrong, Jeff. I think maybe you should worship like me. And Jeff went to the pastor and said, hey, I don't like the way Brent. I got two other guys that don't like the way Brent does it. And all four of them come to me and say, hey, we don't like how you do it. Then I will just leave your church. I'll just leave. I'll go worship in another church. With boldness well, I'm not sure I want to be in a church that doesn't allow the Holy Spirit to move yeah. and to move in people. Yeah. That, and that's, I think. And there's a lot of them. I think, a lot of churches you, like I think you and I have both dealt with a lot of this, a lot of it. And it's been different all kinds of ways. We've dealt with the, not, the passive-aggressive. We know something just happened, but we didn't say anything. We didn't confront it. We let the person leave. No, no harm, no foul. And then it comes up later, and everyone just lies about what happened. Right. And we get no repentance. We get no change, and that's fine. We go on our lives. Then we confront it. We've confronted things and made a brother for life. Right. Isn't that in the Bible, too? It says if you confront your brother and they re- repent, you will have a brother for life. Well, and not only, but being on the receiving end, Brent, being a part of ministry and having somebody come up to me and going, you should open your eyes during worship and look at people. And my lack of maturity showing and going, you need to mind your own business because you can go to hell just like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I remember saying that to a person one time. 
And they were they were awestruck. Yeah. Because they thought what they were saying was going to help me. They they had genuine intention. Sure, sure. I've also had the religious person that walked into a sanctuary and literally demanded that we were worshiping other gods because there was a Christmas tree on the far corner of the stage. Mm. And we had to look at this man and go, if you don't like it, leave. But I was the target. You know, that, hey, this is how I feel about these Christmas trees. I'm going, that is not my prerogative. I'm so sorry that you feel that way. But I've, I've been on both, both ends of having to go back to a person and going, maybe I should open my eyes. I'm so sorry I said those things to you. Sure. I apologize. You know, how can we go and forward? And then people, like he said, I take a risk of Jeff never speaking to me again. What do you want me to do? I am not here to serve one human being. I could care less about having a mega church with a million people who love me. I don't want to be the president. I don't want to be, all I want to do is, like you said, Jesus, I want to see where God's going mm -hmm. and go there. I want to hear what God's saying and say that. Mm -hmm. That's it. And to, and to think, though, that he said, these things in greater shall you do when I go to the Father. I'm still looking around going, where are all these things? Where are these things? Where are they? We're supposed to be in the in the realm of greater. Yeah. And we haven't even approached these things. Yeah. We should be in, in, in step two, and we can't even find step one. Yeah. The Bible says these signs shall follow all who believe. God help my unbelief. Yeah. Where, where are the signs? Where are yeah. the wonders? Where are the... It comes from, from a, a, a broken system. I, I agree with you on that. People fail and systems don't. And unfortunately, right now, the people have reconstructed a system as yeah. the church. And they're failing with the system. Well, on the flip side, I also think there is a rise of a, a movement of God really putting yes. his hand on a generation of people to bring back what, what God really is. Because mm -hmm. he got lost. He got lost in religion. God isn't a religion. It's a relationship. I agree. I mean, I agree with that. that. That I think emphatically agree with that is your yeah. congregation does not have to look a certain way mm -mm. to be a part of the. I, I I emphatically agree. But convincing pastors, I I I know some of the most amazing people in the world now dance around this little bit. I know an amazing individual um, who may or may not be a pastor who emphatically believes that church has to look a certain way. That God gets this much time out of their sermon and just mm. the fact that they've allotted that time for him makes them right. And, you know, God ex expects order and he expects cookie cutter uh, 45 and a half minute start to end services. And what's happening is we're writing God out. And, and you're right, you, you know, church doesn't have to look like that. But people are missing the mark in their mind when they're believing that everyone has to like them. And Luke chapter 6, verse 26 says, Woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Hmm. I've, I've always thought that. They hated Jesus. I know, they killed him. And it wasn't because of the way he looked or the way he talked. They just hated his guts. <laughs> because he came against their system. 
that's our job. We're supposed to be rubbing up against the system, pushing yeah. the boundary, going, how strong is this? Yeah. What does this really look like? Pastor, how does this really work? Why don't we allow time for the Holy Spirit to move and take over if he chooses? Yeah. Where are we in that realm Yeah. of, of being uh, less afraid to offend people when we speak up? I'm, I am, am of the belief that I have to make sure that I am well thought out when I have a comeback to a rebuke or, or when I have a head-to-head collision with someone because I am quick to, to say something out of just sheer anger yeah. and no love. Yeah. Well, anger could be the, the root of it, but and there's no love. I'm constantly going, you know what? I don't know what I'll say when that happens, but I'm going to trust that God is going to talk. That's it's a lot of the scripture I don't know until God tells me about it. Like, God, well, I mean, and like you're saying, you, you if you had the power to wipe the human race, I, I'm telling you, some yeah. of these people, when they say things to you, you go, you could disappear right now, and I would never, ever bat an eye. Yeah. And that's wrong. It's wrong, I know. So what do you think about this? You, you were just saying, you know, we we should be like Jesus. We should confront things. We should speak about things. So a couple weeks ago, our little three-year-old came up to me and she said, what am I? And it was such an odd question. I looked at her and I said, well, you are beautiful. And she turned around to her big sissy and with so much confidence said, my mama says I'm beautiful. And it stopped me right where I was at. What if we spent so much time with the Father that we knew who we were, we knew how we needed to confront people, we knew how we needed to handle things, and we could turn around and say, my Father says this. And I think when you're confronted with the true truth of Jesus, you either accept it or you turn away. And I think it's the book of Titus that it talks about once they're confronted, they have a choice. And if they refuse it you kind of got to take your hands off and go find somebody who will receive it you know you can't just stay on one person who won't receive it you know even if it's that person who's knocking on you for your worship or something like that you know if they can't you know smell the fragrance of god if they can't change their their cookie cutter mindset do you go on to the next person so leaving this on an open-ended discussion at one, what point in the body, as the body, do we confront? How do we confront? I believe this can be practiced, right? Yeah, I do too. Randy and Jordan, I believe this can actually be practiced with, with real clarity. Discernment. If someone approaches me about my worship, this is what I plan to, to, to come back with, you know, or not necessarily rehearsing, but but practicing the security in, in who you are in Christ to, to take care. Jesus was careful. He only spoke facts. He never, mm-hmm. he never said that they were ugly and their mom you know, had stinky <laughs> armpits and awful things. He, he spoke facts and then he cut them off. This is, this is, this is my thoughts on it. If we wake up and we, and we, and we do the Lord's Prayer, which I would like to do a, do a, a show on it, if you, if you want Absolutely. to do that with me. Yeah. I'd also like to do a show on the wedding parable, which is awesome mm-hmm. um, and has some twists and turns in it that I think people ignored. 
Uh, the Prodigal is so, my favorite. Yeah, I'm, I'm we can go there too. Um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna read a, a bit of scripture, but I I do, uh, and I think we need to start maybe close this up. Uh, but I'm cited from scripture. We never know what's coming. I, have you ever went to a function with somebody and they start to say things that you never thought they were going to be saying? Yes. You're sitting at a dinner and your family member or someone you've known comes out of the side of their mouth, whether it's factual or it's not, you were like... How about wedding toasts? Those are the prime examples. You never know what's coming out of these people's mouth. So I I really take that scripture to heart where he says, don't be worried about what to say. Yeah. At the time, the Holy Spirit will say it. If what? We're taking the word in every day. We're in the Lord's Prayer. If we're walking this thing out daily, we should react well. When it's time, mm-hmm. we should. I'm going to read the scripture. It's uh, Acts uh, 13, verse 42. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. Number one, on this Sabbath, that was the greatest. I don't know if you've read um, Acts 13. I'm sure you have at some point. But it was the greatest gospel message I have ever read. Paul just preached on the Sabbath to these Jews. One of the greatest sermons I'd ever read, okay? And when he's leaving, he had no idea these people were going to invite them back. They didn't know that these people were going to say, hey, we want you to do this again on the next Sabbath. 43, when the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. They didn't know that was going to happen. Right. They, had, they were not, they couldn't have predicted that this is how people were going to react to their sermon. On 44, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. 45, when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. Mm. They began to con- contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. He had no idea that's what was going to happen. Right? Right? You, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, you don't know. 46, the Paul, then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. Okay? You hear that? You hear that, Brandy? Boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first, since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Right. He literally told them. Since you found yourselves unworthy of this gospel, that's how bold we can be if we know that we are preaching the gospel. If we know what we're doing is in love, we can be bold enough to say, you're not attacking me. This isn't me. You're rejecting eternal life for yourself. So something I heard very cool about boldness here just a couple days, weeks ago, um, and I'll have to go back and find it and share it with you guys, it says that boldness comes after understanding and wisdom and knowledge. What's your take on that? That Ooh. after you have understanding and wisdom and knowledge, then you get bold about it. I, I yes. Yeah. Do you agree, disagree, Christian? I think you can be bold, but are you bold out of ignorance unless you have the understanding 
and the wisdom. Bob says, when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you receive boldness. Oh, and that is one of your take. Which, I am so okay with being this wrong. This is what Paul, Paul says this. Paul goes, I have not been trained anywhere. Right. I, ha- I, I got saved. And That's since it. then, the Holy Spirit's been talking for he me. He does the thing. Yep, and he's doing it. the thing. And, I, and you know what? I go places, but I don't go and ask your leaders for their permission. I went and met Peter, and I went and met Titus, and I got with Barnabas. And so you just think all of it can come on to you at one time? It should. It should. I yeah. think if you are walking I think there's in the spirit, levels of great. if you're discarding your flesh, yeah. And thinking of the whole kingdom first, not your. I think a lot of Christians are sinning because they are thinking of their body, mm-hmm. their wealth, their sister, their kids, mm-hmm. their mothers before they're thinking of the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. I believe that when you, in conversion, you can be forgiven of your sins. Mm-hmm. Delivered from demons, mm-hmm. given the, the the power and authority to overcome anything, addiction of any kind, um, to right. live in in full recovery, in active full recovery, and uh, wisdom and knowledge. Mm-hmm. I know several people who could not read or write. I say several, probably three or four people who could not read or write before they got saved, and they they some of them have gone gone to to earn extreme degrees in Bible doctrine. And so wisdom and knowledge, and then boldness mm-hmm. to speak the word of God. I believe God can do all that in a moment. Yeah. So yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, in conclusion, is uh, if you think that you're supposed to be passive, lay down on the sidewalk, and let everyone walk on you, Christian, I think that's not correct. Right. But I would not go around rebuking everyone because they have earrings or a different kind of haircut than you. I would read my Bible, take it as medicine, and wait, and the Lord will speak for you. You don't have to be worried about what to say when it'll happen. Just Just go. Just go. That's so good. You said that so good. And be bold and confident in the Lord. Don't worry about dying. Don't worry about being poor. He said, take no silver. Take no gold, for a worker is worth their wages. When he gave instruction, he just, the first word was go. Go. Go ye. If you are serving the kingdom of heaven, you will be taken care of until right. they flog you and beat you to death. <laughs> but even then, we'll be taken care of. Stephen because was so happy. Because you can only kill glory. my body, my soul will still be taken care of. Hallelujah. Dead people don't have feelings, friend. Oh. What did you just say? Oh my goodness, that was so good. Oh. I want you to elaborate before we close this out. And listen, if you feel like you're a kind of Christian who thinks that you should always keep your mouth shut, be passive, look the other way, never ever confront anything, write us on uh, Instagram or on Facebook, um, get involved. Um, Absolutely. If this if this message has made you pray to God and say, "Hey, fill me with boldness, Holy Spirit, fill me with boldness." If this message made you pray to God and say, "Help inspire me to read my Bible like I eat, uh, or like I schedule things, like mm-hmm. things I'm obsessed about," get obsessed about your Bible. Make time for your Bible. Um, if any of these things have inspired you to do that, write us on Facebook or on Instagram. Uh, 
and we'd love to make you a part of the conversation. But I want you to elaborate on dead people don't have any feelings and then close us out. The Bible says in Galatians, crucify our flesh. That we, we, we're putting off, like in baptism, we put off the old man, take up the new. And, and Christianity is about becoming less of, of, of flesh and more um, of the Spirit of God. Um, putting on um, all that God entails, the armor of God. Um, it's about death. We, our bodies became the sacrifice to God so that we don't have to sacrifice something that's living and breathing. Um, and to be dead is to have no feelings. I've seen a few dead people in my life and, and I have said things over them. You know, in funeral homes, I, I've told them how I felt about them or, you know, that I forgave. They don't care. <laughs> there was no, there when was you no go reaction. And, and, and you, you stand at the graveside and you say whatever it is you feel like you, they don't care. Right? <laughs> They're dead. People see that as morbid, but it's true. If I'm dead, there's no reason your disrespect should offend me. Okay? Yeah. If I have a need to defend my faith, that's between me and you defending my faith. But if if I'm offended at you, I'm not dead enough. Yeah. If I'm angry with you and I've allowed the sun to oh, go down on my anger, this is good. I am not dead enough. There's not enough Jesus Christ inside of me. And I need to use the word as my mirror and learn, uh, find another way to die more. Die more, die well. So if I say I don't like that hairstyle and that's your hairstyle and you feel offended, you are not dead enough. That is true. That is, that was good. Jesus didn't care. That was really good. The Bible kind of called him ugly a little bit. And he didn't care. I know. I remember you talking about this before we were recording. Didn't care. You didn't say it so gentle. He didn't care. He said he was. <laughs> said he was ugly. He said he was kind of ugly. All right. Well, that's it. We are signing off of the first episode of the second season Uncut. of Antioch Speaks presents season two. I said what I said. Is that what I said? Thank you for listening to this episode of Antioch Speaks. You can find our content wherever you listen to podcasts. For more info, visit AntiochSpeaks.com. You can use the resources there to learn more, give, or browse more episodes. From our whole team, thanks for listening. Until next time.